Hey, this is Duya. For this week's episode, I invited Matrish, who create Bamama Cooks. Uh, Matrish, thank you so much for joining with us today. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, could you please introduce about yourself briefly? Okay. Uh, I'm Trish, uh, founder of Bamama Cooks and also Bamama Shop now. We're very uh, simple of using food as a medium to create social change and um, make some impact for um, a lot of displaced people. And our main goal is to hire them mm. and make uh, a business out of it. Yeah, wow, that's really impressive. I know you're, uh, you walk at a Michelin restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So like so how did you <laughs> very shy. Like, how did you became like mm. I mean how did you interested in the cooking? Mm. That's a crazy I don't have any like fancy story, but it's basically I dropped out of college mm-hmm. and I was studying marketing and I was very unhappy. And then my parents were very mad and I have to make them very happy and proud as an Asian parent. So I was like, okay, <laughs> let's try culinary. <laughs> and that seems like the fastest way to get the degree back then. So I joined the, um, uh, a French school. And then later on, yeah, I got really hooked into it because um, I thought that was like something that I really like discipline is what I really needed in my life and then yeah I was very lucky that I got a job um, at a place called Upstairs McKella and then they were recruiting and then yeah I went for Stotch and they started hire so I, I basically started as like a commie, but then they put me as a dishwasher for like two months just to break my spirit. And then like, you know, you climb up the ladders later on too. And then I became a sous chef. Um, So that was about like, how many years ago was that? Like three or four, five years ago. Yeah. Wow. And I worked there for almost four years. Mm. Yeah. There's like a few like, woman who is a, a culinary chef in, in Myanmar okay. so like uh, did you face any difficulties like in that culinary field? Uh, yes yes um, it's it's I actually went back to Yangon mm-hmm. to work at this restaurant which I will not name <laughs> and it was horrible because back in my days uh, being a chef is not a profession that's mm. looked at as like uh, oh my god like you're so cool thing right like and so a lot of women were not like practicing the the this artistry like mm. a profession or professionally so it was very difficult for me to really understand my own people <laughs> and working with my own female colleagues and try to understand like um, culinary wise was not that great to be honest um, but in when I got into Bangkok too um, kitchen is a very hostile place so and I hate that like very manly toxic masculine mm. culture in there and that the fact that you have to kind of like fight for your life or once 
when I became a sous chef, um, I had to break the spirits of like the newcomers so that they would, you know, be more disciplined and a lot of shit like that. That and that really put a drain on you because like that's not my character. Mm -hmm. But then I have to train myself and develop like new personalities to become this like mean evil bitch. But it's it shouldn't be like that. <laughs> like I'm I have my own like business now and like it's been working without me yelling at other people and that's okay <laughs> you know yeah. it's possible <laughs> yeah well, when you were in Yangon did you decide to like open a restaurant uh so I went back to Yangon like twice so oh. the first time I went there I worked at this fancy place and it didn't work out so I came back to Bangkok and then uh, I went back in 2019 mm. that's when I quit that Michelin place I just went back because I was burnt out I was very depressed I was very like burned out and I went I didn't know what I was doing so I opened up um, a fermentation kind of like in a research kitchen yeah. about uh, Burmese fermentation and later on it becomes a brand called Pofaments and then mm -hmm. I started producing like fermented stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that is now closed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, no more. When the coup happened, mm. were you in Yangon? Yeah, I was I was right in it. Okay. It was my first time experiencing in my in in my in my generation. Yeah. And it was wild cuz I've only heard stories of my parents yeah. times, right? Talking about their 88 generation and how it happened. And it seemed very like surreal to wake up to like my mom crying. Like I can still remember her like crying. Yeah. Um and it was so silent. There's no like phone lines, nothing. And I think I didn't have the time to like process it because like my work was still going. I've got like th four, three staffs to pay. And the only thing in my mind is like, where are my girls? Mm -hmm. And then because my workplace is really close by. So I went there, I check up on them and they went partying the previous night. And I was like, oh my God, fuck these <laughs> girls. Like I literally went out and looked for them. Mm -hmm. um, because there were no phone lines, I could not like even call them. And immediately, that was like February 1st, so it was payday. And I had like no, like, like 5,000 jot on my hand, and everything was in the bank. And every ATM, I like, I couldn't withdraw. I mean, I'm sure you guys went through the same thing. But I was like, I have to pay my staff, I have to pay my staff. And yeah, I got really lucky two days later, my friend hooked me up. She, she worked at the bank and she's like, okay, you just, you know, withdraw how many. Mm -hmm. So I withdrew all the money that I have, which is not that much. Yeah. Um, yes, and we lift off that. <laughs> Did you also per participate in the protest in Yangon? At first, when they started, no, but later, of course, it leaned into that. But I wanted to support in a way that, like, how I can really provide something that would impact them yeah. <clears throat> and i figured that my kitchen was like i decided not to open my kitchen anymore because i don't know what kind of customers that i will yeah. be feeding and i just turned my kitchen into a, a, a place to make like um 
food donation place. So I cook up like a lot of like simple food like the pato or like tamenjo, like things like that. And then we we made about like five thousand meals um, in total, and that was split between my other friend. So her she has her own big kitchen restaurant, and then yeah, we we just randomly crowdfunded it and then posted it on Instagram and be like, yo, we're gonna be doing this, so. Can you guys wow. just donate money and then we run like yeah for until until like a month no a month and a half i did that and then it got a little bit risky because in the street that i was living in they know my they recognize my face yeah. so yeah one of them like told me like oh just stop doing this donation thing yeah. like they know your face now yeah, that was really cool. I might, I might have your food like somewhere. You might. My pato. So when did you decide to leave the country? When? Yeah. Um, fifth of April. But prior to that, I think a month before mm. that, my friend called me up and she said, "Like, yo, like I'm leaving." Do you want to? And I, it was an easy decision for me because yeah. at that time already they were shooting at protesters. Yeah. I was involved in like like other fundraiser stuff, so it could put my parents in danger. Yeah, yeah. I think like the only reason yeah I moved here was to protect like my family. Hmm. Did you guys stop at the? at the airport or something no it was fine i don't think i was like that like doing like my name wasn't mm -hmm. i don't think it yeah, wasn't yeah. on the list yeah i was pretty safe and then like i left at like pretty early flight that zoo flight um and yeah basically half of, i knew like half of the people on the flight yeah. and then they were carrying like a bunch of animals um Yes, it was it was really weird. Like even the immigration officer was confused yeah. to see my passport and he's like, "Wait, you have a visa to Thailand?" and I was just like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> now you arrive in Thailand like mm. what kind of activity you're doing right now? Now, um so uh, I'm based in Chiang Mai now. Um I'm full-time focused on growing bamama. So I don't want the mama to be just a brand for food, but it's a community building space. Mm, yeah. So even the space that we have now, it's a multifunctional space. So sometimes the chef's table, sometimes it's a workshop space that anyone yeah. can come and rent and do whatever that they want. Um, yeah, so uh, and aside from that, I also do involved in catering food to people, the organization, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And if they want to do like fundraising, you know, fundraiser stuff, event, then yeah, mainly very involved <laughs> with yeah. fundraising stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how did you get the idea of like Bamama Cooks? Bamama Cooks, damn. Um, okay, this is, <laughs> I, I will not go in depth, of <laughs> like how the name came about because it's really wild but the when i was living in bangkok um i was very depressed because i was alone and finally i moved away from the community safe hub that i was living in and i had a phone and i was just like okay let's just record like these cooking recipes mm -hmm. and it was a way 
for me to kind of like heal I was unemployed I was broke as fuck and like yeah and then it kind of like took off somehow people started like I think I was mostly like angry most of the time <laughs> and I started making these food contents in a way to like heal myself pretty much and then from there it grew and it is that Bangkok is like a very depressing place for me mm-hmm. still so I moved to Chiang Mai with like the intention of like I'm gonna rent a house a big space and then have like built a multifunctional community building stuff so yeah mm. yeah so like like what kind of food like you can like you would offer to the people like here um it depends on the type of event so when we're having a chill chill party and mm. inviting like a lot of um my friends in like i would mainly cook simple like mohinga or mm. onokoswe or shakoswe a very simple food um but our chef's table is a little of like it's it's becoming my baby <laughs> and um yeah it's like burmese reimagined food i call it but it's a lot of people think it's like authentic burmese but it's not authentic it's whatever the fuck i want to eat yeah. and i just cook it and like when i feeling feeling like nostalgic missing home then yeah. i would put it in the menu like this this chef's table there would be shan donui because i was missing dad a little bit and i'm half shan so so things like that and i mainly talk about like food storytelling and about the politics and what's happening in myanmar during the dinners and yeah it's like all like mainly promoting um ethnic food for me uh, it's not just one like bama food you know yes yeah there's so many different kinds of food Mm, that that's really cool idea. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I still haven't learned like all of them yet. So like, mm. I'm not an expert. I'm still learning, researching. Do you want to go back to Myanmar, like, to open uh, your own restaurant, like mm. in Myanmar, if there, the coup ended? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I had a chat with my friend about this. If the coup ended, I'm gonna go back and like do absolutely nothing mm. i would just like live on a farm yeah <laughs> i don't care if there's electricity i'll just be like fuck all like yeah. <laughs> maybe i'll become a farmer yeah. <laughs> but yeah i don't think i will have a restaurant i do want a restaurant here mm. i think representing your culture and yeah. bringing that kind of um yama pride it's very important mm. and doing it the right way too so that like not just only white people eat my food like <laughs> Burmese people actually actually yeah. eat my food so i like that <laughs> so uh, what do you hope for the future of Myanmar <laughs> that that's the really big question i know <laughs> that's a big question i think oh man fuck <laughs> i think we, we man what do we hope for Myanmar I I I really hope for some peace. Definitely. I think we do deserve that. Yeah. Um I th- I th- I really wish that when the war ended and then we can rebuild everything else, then mm, yeah. I hope that we can build a city that everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is a model country in Asia that yeah. everyone like looks at it. It's like, you know, 
very PC, very queer friendly, very like, you know, like legit, like proper, like government set up. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, and a leader that we can, or no leader, which is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but every ethnic tribes, everyone living in harmony, I think yeah. that's a really good future for MR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like, would you like anything to add? Um, come eat at my mama. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>